Welcome to the Career Happiness Podcast. My name is Soma Ghosh. I am the founder of a business called the Career Happiness Mentor. And within this podcast, we explore themes around career happiness, confidence, well-being, and so much more. Not only do I do one-to-one personalized episodes to really, really support you as a listener, but you will have the chance to listen to really, really amazing guests from all corners of not just world, but different industries. It's really, really important that you are not only happy in your career, but you make time to progress in a way that feels right for you. So if you want to have more energy in your career, change your career, find out more about how to potentially start a business or even help your teenager with careers advice, this is the podcast for you. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone. And before I get into my awesome conversation with the amazing Rebecca Lepard, who I had the pleasure of speaking with um, in today's episode, I just want to give a disclaimer and a reminder that the podcast will be on a break on the weeks of the 10th of April and the 17th of April because I'm still recovering from my house sabbatical. I will be back in the last week of April. But I really, really hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, I had the pleasure of being on Rebecca's podcast, the Career Sisterhood podcast. And this was my opportunity to have a really, really, really fun conversation with her. But also there were some not only great insights, Rebecca shared her wisdom about what it was like for her to have a really thriving career and all of the kind of things that have happened within her life she's had an interesting life but also the interesting things that have happened in her career and why she is so passionate about supporting women and running the company that she does upgrading women so I really hope that you enjoy this episode and as always thank you so much for listening so hello everybody we've got Rebecca with us here today hey Rebecca how are you doing I am as well as you can expect from someone who's been speaking for probably 100 hours in the past month because <laughs> it's International Women's Day season. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with it being kind of, well, as we're recording this, it's kind of the tail end of yeah. International Women's Day. But um, in a way, how, how have you been finding all of that? How has that been, apart from obviously all the talking you've been doing? Oh, I have a mixed review in terms of um, International Women's Day, how people celebrate it, how people embrace it. I have mixed reviews in that one, I still can see and I fully empathize with our black friends that because the previous month is black history month and there's a lot of just virtue signaling without concrete action towards anti-racism towards providing access and i feel the same way as a diversity champion and we know that diversity is not just about race or gender it's about um neural ability it's about physical ability everything really and 
I, while I have been very honored to be invited in all these great events, and I always welcome anyone who invites me to to speak, I also implore everyone to then, all right, then, okay, can I tell you to at least, because this this year's theme is Embrace Equity, I, I would implore you to talk to your neighbors, what that whatever that def- definition is. It can be your, you know, next door neighbor or your colleagues, and really ask them about their life, and see how you can help. So, because literally, equity is those who need help more get more help, right? Yeah, definitely, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I just thought I'd ask because, you know, there's a lot of kind of mixed (laughs) feelings behind International um, Women's Day. And, you know, this week I was nominated for a business award. I didn't win, (laughs) but I was honoured to be in a room full of of hundreds of women doing amazing things. So I felt like a winner just being there, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. And, Um, and, and do you think these awards, again, without disrespect um, about the events and about the uh, vision of the organizers, hmm. um, I, st- I still feel like it's not enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather the budget for these glamorous events or or events at all, if glamorous <laughs> or not, you know? Yeah. Um, to be given towards moving the needle. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's true. I mean, I don't know, maybe. that yeah, there was again, a... it's a mix. It's a mix, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a mix. It's a mix. But <laughs> the reason I thought I'd mention it is because I think often, you know, a lot of the women who listen to this podcast, they're in that state where they want that appreciation, they want that respect, and, and we're going to yeah. hopefully get into that a little bit more. But kind of just to start off a little bit, um, yeah more Rebecca so that you can Mm -hmm. kind of tell our audience a little bit more Mm -hmm. about you can you tell us a bit more about you and what what you do yes um my elevator pitch is that um I'm the founder of Upgrading Women a company that helps women go further by upgrading their communication strategy and that is through training and consultancy I work with women individually or through the company that they work for that's it. <laughs> wow. And can you tell us a little bit more about the kind of women that you work with, um, Rebecca? Yes, I work with women in tech, and, and that means women who work in a tech company or women whose businesses is tech-enabled. And it's actually very easy these days to be eligible for, to, to be in that category, tech-enabled businesses, if your business is on Facebook, Instagram, then you're tech-enabled. And the reason why I <clears throat> focus, I work with um, with every single woman in every single line of business, but I do center my work in women in tech and tech-enabled businesses because we are our our lives are governed by tech and if we are not including women where de- designs are being drawn 
and decisions are being made, we are going to live in a very dangerous society. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, Rebecca. I, I can really, really, um, you know, resonate with that. And I think mm. we've got to do more to build up women's confidence, and overall, just be in a place where we're helping to empower women, not just about equity, but mums. And I know you're you're really mm. passionate about that as well. Yeah. Can you also kind of share with us then, Rebecca, kind of what some of your career aspirations were when you were younger? And <laughs> did things pan out the way you thought they would? If not, why? Oh, the why is always because, uh, <laughs> because the world is an absolute disaster no but I wanted I always wanted to be a change maker I remember telling my father at 14 that I wanted to become a president because I knew what to do to fix the country um, my home country Indonesia and I also remember just three years ago when I moved to England that I wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to update the laws <laughs> it took wow. a few I, I took a few law courses in the open university in the pandemic <laughs> and I soon realized that even in the first world it takes forever to change or make laws and I am just way too impatient <laughs> so having given up trying to make change at a national level I went back to the drawing board and I thought about what I could do that is within my reach of influence and then I narrowed narrowed it down to the causes that I care about which are poverty alleviation women's rights and economic empowerment I also would challenge anyone <laughs> to prove me wrong that those three issues um is not the key to um, saving the planet from climate disaster, global recession, and crime. Because mm-hmm. I think if we tackle poverty, women's rights, and economic empowerment, the the effect to people actually making good, ethical, sustainable choices is really, really going to be profound. So did I sound like I'm still campaigning for a presidential election? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat, no, but but I, I, I love that. And and do you, do you think that, you know, your kind of vision to yeah. um, have that kind of political mindset has kind mm-hmm. of helped you be really passionate about what you do? Because for me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm political, but I would say I'm passionate and sometimes knowing about what's going on in, in the news and having that current art, current affairs type focus can can help you have more knowledge to, mm-hmm. to know what's going on, wouldn't you say, somewhat? Well, here's the thing. Um, the word politics has, has become so tainted because, oh, I don't like to be political. I don't like talking about politics, but our life is affected directly by what's happening in politics right what has been putting us off in talking about it is because of political parties and and politicians but politics itself the the core of politics is actually if you take out again the bad actors if you take out the 
ooh, I'm a Republican, ooh, I'm a labor whatever, you know? Yeah. Take yeah. out the label, just talk about the issues, then you actually are are, are talking about the the people, the, mm -hmm. the one who you are representing. So I think being political in, in a true, pure sense has to be in on top of a woman's mind yeah whether or not you you have a career a business because who is in charge in regulating the baby's milk for example mm. at the end of the day it's the politician it's the lawmakers <laughs> policy makers right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so True. yeah we have to be politically aware i yes. know it's off-putting because i by choice i turn off the news since yeah. 2009 i haven't mm -hmm. been consuming news <laughs> i haven't been following the news because i'm protecting my own mental health but yeah. uh, but for the issues that matter like women's rights of course i follow uh what's happening around the issues that I care about. So I know when there's a woman's rights being reduced. I know when to celebrate, for example, that period product is free in Scotland. And then there's a there's a new maternity or paternity law happening. So for those issues, I follow it. But the rest, the theatrics <laughs> mm. plus the war I avoid it I avoid yeah. it like the plague yeah and I think it's I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I I read a lot of articles for the work that I do as a careers advisor and I think mm -hmm. I'm on top of those but I'm also very mindful to not share too many political views and I'm, I'm sharing this with you Rebecca on the podcast because yeah. I think it's important that we as professionals you know it's not our Zona genius so yes I might have opinions but you know with everything that's happened recently I think you know what I mean mm -hmm. um Gary Lineker we also have to be mindful of you know we all have opinions but mm -hmm. sometimes that that those opinions mm -hmm. can have consequences so yeah. um, I'm not saying you shouldn't be opinionated I'm very opinionated but sometimes there should be a boundary of what you share and what you don't share as a business owner as a public mm -hmm. figure whatever you do um kind of moving on from yeah. that a little bit you have had a really really interesting mm -hmm. career from working in PR ironically as I was just saying yeah. to uh, being a chief of staff for a startup and consulting agency I mean you must have learned so much in these roles. What do you feel helped you progress in your career? And what would you advise our listeners so that mm -hmm. they can have more variety in their career too? Well, for the latter, for variety, for me, it's it's not for everyone because I know that change is scary. I It's not for... It, it doesn't mean that you have to... Um, switch up every just for the sake of switching up but we uh, even within if within your actual lane like for example an accountant I can very much imagine an accountant forever she's she's gonna be an accountant and that is absolutely fine there's absolutely no shame in that uh, however it, it doesn't mean that you just 
do the same thing for the sake of as well, well, this is how things are run around here. There's always, um, if you know the Japanese principle of Kaizen, it's always, you know, continuous improvement, little improvement. Mm -hmm. So if there's Mm -hmm. any way you can propose to your boss, how can we streamline this? How can we make, how can we adopt technology to streamline the process? And therefore, we don't need to work over time uh, every, towards the end, because (laughs) at Every end of the month, all accountants in the world, they're working overtime, which is ridiculous. So things like that. So um, within your own lane, you can still be innovative. Okay, that's that's one. And two, to answer what has helped me progress are two categories. One category is um, the boring one. As in, I did put in the hours, I still do. I kept my head down and I produced Mm -hmm. at whatever I was doing. I was always the top producer. If your job is to produce articles, then produce a ton of article. If your, if your uh, job is to produce sales or leads, then produce tons and tons of it. I wanted to ensure that I am not, replaceable in that company that I wherever company that I'm working for and it worked in a sense that one of my positions early in my career I was still 24 they had to hire three people to do what I did after I resigned it was so like I felt I I I I resigned because I wanted to move forward it's not nothing against the company, but I was like, look at that. I was worth three people. <laughs> and and the second is um is another I think I think again it's an, another boring advice. So the my career trajectory based on merit alone would have been okay, I was I was a journalist at the very beginning. I was an editor and I guess it would it would have been just all the way to the top to be an editor in chief, and that's that. But the trajectory was different for me because I did pick up the crucial soft skills as I grow. So that is the second category. I have always been fabulous at management. There's there's nothing new about you know putting in the hours and mm-hmm. and being great at management. It's, this is this is old school uh, 1990s advice but you know I was I was not the best to start with but I grew mm-hmm. so I knew how to lead yeah I knew how to navigate office politics office dynamics and I knew how to nurture work relationship with my ecosystem from my boss's boss down to my interns these um, are all boring stuff, isn't it? There's nothing like, ooh, but but yeah, it's 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 uh, oldies but goodies. <laughs> but you know, sometimes Rebecca, sometimes the, I I have this thought process that we need to hear some advice again and again for it to go in. So I wouldn't say it's boring per se. And I really really loved what you were saying about 
being irreplaceable because yeah. it reminds me of a time where I was working somewhere yeah. where they were looking to replace me and things didn't work through and for a long time there wasn't anybody there because they had screwed up in the recruitment process right and I yeah. was made to leave because there was politics within that organization yeah. Yeah. without going into detail yeah. and I think sometimes choosing people for the wrong reasons can also I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm saying this can affect the clients and the people who are in that organization because that's actually what happened that's you know that oh, yes. that's the result of what happened and I'm giving that as an example because it reminded me as I was listening to you but yeah but being irreplaceable is is a skill that you work at over time but no all of that advice that you gave there is is, is really really great and I think about helping people move forward it's those things that people need to work they need to work on but also I love that you said oh it's nothing new because it shows that you have a certain amount of humility Rebecca and I think sometimes what's missing uh-huh. is that people can be really accomplished and skilled like yourself uh-huh. but the reason why the humility and the soft skills are important is because sometimes if you go in and you know too much or you think you know too much yeah. you know, I'm sure we've all met people like that mm-hmm. you can fall flat on your feet what I mean what do you think yeah. has helped you have that sense of not necessarily just humility because I definitely yeah. think you yeah. are but that's mm-hmm. a huge compliment for you by the way yeah. but also I think what do you think has helped you stay grounded because you've achieved a lot but I think it's also important for people to say and remain grounded in their work and do good work I tell you one thing it's because I am first of all I am the clumsiest most forgetful person so (laughs) therefore even when and, and I remember this is only happening what a few months ago and I'm a founder, blah, 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 CEO, whatever you want to call me. But I was on my way to a networking event, uh, an, an exhibition, and I printed my fabulous brochure, da, da, da. And on D-Day, I was already on the train to London. And of course, I forgot to bring that glossy brochure. <laughs> and that experience alone... It's like, Rebecca, you, you're you not all that, you know? Mm. If you, <laughs> because it, even life can easily uh, give you a nudge that you are far from perfect. Yeah. Right? The, the, the brochure was perfect. It was delivered to my house on time. But look who screwed up. It's me. Yeah. Um, and... And the good thing about me that if I can toot my own horn, I have a very good sense of humor. And because I have a good sense of humor, I announced it to my team. My team wouldn't have known that I've forgotten it. Mm -hmm. I announced it on our Slack group, like, girls, because I have an all-female team. I said, girls... (laughs) Guess what I forgot today? I forgot to bring the brochure and I slapped, I, I put a slap face emoji. And that actually give permission for my team to then therefore, the next time I uh, 
make a typo or forgotten something, it gives them permission to remind me without being so afraid to like uh, to be barked like, oh, do you not think I know how to write English? You know, <laughs> so so if I announce that, hey, I'm human too, mm. it actually help them to help me remind me because some people are like um i know that i don't need constant reminder blah 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 mm-hmm. no 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 i need constant reminder i'm forgetful i'm clumsy and things like that so um i think that and it's always been like that yeah my, uh, i have been a people manager meaning i have people reporting to me since i was 24 hmm. and those people were at least five years older than me. Yeah. And if you don't have a good sense of humor, imagine being bossed around. <laughs> because no. I'm the typical of what you would say bossy. But then because I'm a humorous boss, <laughs> uh, people know, you know, they would call me ridiculous names just to um, not not to insult me but to just have a good laugh and therefore yeah. when i say oi you have a deadline remember stop chatting <laughs> around and da 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 and then they can easily on their way on their way back to their computer they can they can always say oh you're one to talk you also forgot about this and this but you know it keeps the conversation yeah. chill yeah 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 and and i love what you said there about the 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 little mistakes that we make because it reminds me rebecca of a lot of the women because you know you know that i've been bullied in the workplace and Mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners have been working either in toxic workplaces or might be in one right now and if you make a mistake you make a mistake you're only human you're not doing it deliberately you're not doing it you know yeah and I remember that you and me had a conversation um, that wasn't recorded around kindness. And I think showing kindness to people is really, really important. Just because you work in a high position Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you shouldn't show empathy and kindness to others. And with the humor, what's really, really good about it, what you're describing is, you know, that you feel comfortable. Because what I'm sensing a lot when I'm talking to women sometimes, Rebecca, who are unhappy Mm -hmm. at work, they don't feel comfortable at work. They feel afraid to even Mm -hmm. go up to their boss and ask a question or to go up to their colleague and have a discussion around something. And that is so worrying because you should feel comfortable when you go to work, just how you feel at home. I'm not saying that your workplace is your family, but you should still feel comfortable enough to go and talk to the people you work with to do a better job, right? It's not your family, but it's your ecosystem. Ecosystem, exactly. Right? And Hmm. because it's your ecosystem, the clue is Hmm. in the name, you cannot live a full life or it can be crushing your Hmm. actual life. Can I tell you, I had to resign after four months, after three months even, at Mm -hmm. a very high salary. Um, At that point, even just to paint a picture, it was probably 11 times the minimum wage, the national minimum wage. I was that high. Well, I was a chief of staff. Of course, my salary is that high. But I resigned after three months because it was way too toxic and Mm -hmm. 
and could I use could I have used the money? Yes, of course, but nothing is worth your mental health. Yep. Yep. No. No. And thank you for sharing that because I think leaders need to show empathy and kindness but leaders also need to feel like they're not alone I've just done a post on LinkedIn this morning about one of the reasons I set up my business is because I didn't want anyone to feel like they were on their own Rebecca because often if you're at work and you're the one who's doing your work in the background but you're not getting any support you feel like totally lonely and you feel like what am I I'm coming to work but I have no support system and Mm -hmm. what you're saying about the ecosystem makes so much sense so thank you for sharing that because I think that is one of the things that when I spoke to you Mm. um, when I recorded on your podcast I resonated with straight away I was like Rebecca is the kind of person who I can feel that energy drawn so thank Mm. you um, for for saying that oh my god I'm going to retweet just this last clip (laughs) (laughs) awesome awesome so you've obviously had so much experience and you've managed people but can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit more about the advice you'd give to someone who is really struggling to make progression in their career or is struggling to perhaps speak up at work oh my god you're asking the one the biggest uh question that actually is the foundation of me building the company that uh, mm. upgrading women it's because there's so many great life-saving innovation is is in the minds of women minority and introverts that that we as a society are losing out simply mm. because these women minority and and all those who are who are systemically silenced um and 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 we are the one losing out yeah like what's the whole point so this is um without sharing my entire module because simply just because we don't have time i would love to soma you and i let the listeners listen Soma and I should do like a webinar or something or or a summit. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah, exactly. So so if I forget, (laughs) remind me because this is now on air. So my pledge is to do this. How to um, how to remove the struggle from speaking up. Mm -hmm. But let me give you just a few pointers to start with. It starts from the inside. Okay, fix your mindset first before you even take a single public speaking or presentation course. And this is coming from someone who sells presentation courses for a living. So don't buy anything from me (laughs) until you fix this in your mind first. Okay, three things. One, nobody, so you have to believe in these three things, okay? One, nobody knows everything. And if there's a debate... In the brainstorming room, in the meeting room, or wherever, Google will settle it for everyone. Okay? There is a referee. (laughs) Okay? So, because Google has saved my marriage, because my husband and I, we come from very different background and generation and whatever. And every time we debate, we're like, okay, Siri, answer this for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. And two, great ideas that we're seeing today is a result of an enormous amount of iteration. Therefore, you have got to start with that ugly first draft. Okay? 
it's not it's never facebook that you see today linkedin that you see today whatever uh, spotify that you see that you hear today is already gone through so many iterations that you wouldn't recognize their original draft okay and three you were hired to contribute you were not <laughs> hired for nothing so you were hired to contribute and if your boss and colleagues do not like the fact that you contribute find another company because that one is toxic my friend yeah so there you go well well i i really really love all of that especially the last one because i think there are many um listeners who've messaged me and clients i've worked with who who have said rebecca that i yeah. can't not only can I not voice my opinion or voice an idea, the other thing that can happen in toxic workplaces yep. is that you have an idea, someone hears the idea and they claim that idea instead of it being shared. And that can also mm-hmm. be really, really discouraging for the person because then they don't want to share their ideas. Especially, I love what you said about the introversion piece there because I work with many introverts and I'm an introvert myself. Yeah. And it's happened to me before where I shared an idea and all of a sudden, oh, hang on a minute. Someone else is saying that it was their idea, and then you don't want to vo- then you don't want to voice your ideas because you're like, but that shouldn't is, it be a team effort? But you that know? is the whole point. If you don't mm. want your idea stolen, speak it out loudly, yeah, and have a receipt. If you don't, if if you worry that your ideas is stolen during a, mm-hmm. a brainstorming session, do it on an email. Have a yeah. um, as as we say, uh, take the receipt. You know, mm-hmm. so. So even, um, and and here's once you make uh, you muster up the courage. In in this in the case where someone is voicing something that is stolen from you or, um, or claiming that it's theirs, there's this is my tips. You speak up and say, "Oh, thanks, Brian." You remembered our discussion when I mentioned da da da, <laughs> you know, or oh, thank you so much for amplifying, Steve. I almost forgotten to share our mm. conversation the other day. Yeah, at yeah. the very least, you are seen as a part of that idea because probably this person, this person who. Um, even if we let's say we give them benefit of the doubt that they are voicing it mm-hmm. for fear that because it's a good idea and if you're not going to say it they're going to say it yeah it's not to steal let's let's give let's assume the best so yeah. even if it's uh, the best thing is happening you can still jump in or to add on or to build on what steve is saying i actually had the similar uh, train of thought the other week mm-hmm. and and here's further data that I've researched on the matter because yeah. that shows that you're not just saying that you share the same thought but you actually have done your homework therefore mm-hmm. that is a hard evidence that you came up with the idea yeah right yeah yeah so, true true there mm-hmm. you go I love I love that Rebecca and you're doing it in a professional way without it being like catty, you know, catty or mean or anything yeah. because I think that's what happens sometimes and kill with, kill with kindness 
kill with kindness yeah no I love that I lo- I really really love that thank you so much for sharing that <laughs> the, the next kind of question I would love to ask you is a bit more about mm-hmm. management and leadership yeah. um you have experience of obviously being a leader in the workplace but mm-hmm. what do you think of managers and um, sorry what do you think managers and leaders can do to support their staff especially if they feel burnt out or going through a, a hard time personally oh I have a short advice on this <clears throat> because even though it's short, it's very hard to do. Provide psychological safety all around so that they can be honest, that your team can be honest with you and with the, the, the larger organization. Because, okay, you create the psychological safety. It is then up to them to tell the truth, but the whole point is so that they won't have to pretend to have a headache, whereas what they actually have is mental health issue, right? So if they feel they're, they are safe enough to be honest about their actual condition, the, the, the rest is really then depend on the size of your organization, whether somebody can take over of her role for for a week or two and it also depends on the setup of your organization if there's any um, in-house psych psychologists around or you can refer yeah. to a a mental health coach or so mm-hmm. the rest really depends on your setup because yeah. i cannot speak for every single um uh setup however mm-hmm. the 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 way to break the cycle is to provide psychological safety I one of my teammates uh just a couple of weeks ago she said can I take the Friday off and said and and I immediately said okay yeah because one I know it took her a lot of courage just to say that Hmm. um not because I'm scary but because she knows she has responsibilities and deadlines and and everything and yeah. I know that before she even say that to me, she already, um, I don't know it for a fact, but I can sense it that she already spoke with her counterpart and say, hey, can you uh, back me up on on this Friday task because I'm going to take a Friday off. Yeah. And on Monday, she came to back to work and said, I had the best Friday, blah, blah, blah. And can I tell you something? I am amazed that I didn't even have to explain myself the fact that I needed a Friday off. And and then she said, you know what I did on Friday? I went out with my boyfriend. Which oh. is, I mean, who in, in, in their right mind would say, hey, can I go out with my boyfriend on a Friday? You know? <laughs> but, yeah. but I made it so she didn't have to make up a story or a lie. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You need to be loved and feel loved by your boyfriend, go for it. Yeah, totally. totally. Right? So, yeah. and, and people have to be, oh, my grandma is ill. No, I don't want people to then be um, be stricken off from heaven because they lie at work too much. <laughs> yeah, no, no, totally. But also I think it, it, it's about that flexibility, autonomy and freedom piece that so many people are craving now Rebecca and and they want 
more of that. And if you're in an environment where that's being nurtured and you have that psychological safety, as you said, because yeah. so many of the women I speak to who don't have that, and I've had that, and it's been really, yeah. it's been really scary because you feel as though you then have to change your personality, um, and you're like walking on eggshells is the analogy that oh, I yeah. use, and that's not that is not healthy. Okay, listen, managers out there. Mm-hmm. Your teammate is going to lie anyway. If you, they will make up again. They can have like five sick grandmas every Friday or every Monday, whatever. They can have menstrual pain every week. They can lie to you, but why do you have to? Because the end result is the same. That he or yeah. she is taking a day off, right? Yeah, totally. The result is the same. So, would you not rather have them? being honest with you or or they don't even have to tell you why just take the day off and then they come back with a new refreshed energy and Mm. work their ass off for you yeah exactly exactly i I love that thank you so much for sharing that (laughs) really really brilliant examples there um the next one is is something that often comes up a lot with my clients but i've felt this way as well Mm -hmm. um but um what advice would you give to someone who feels like an outsider at work or just doesn't feel like they fit into their team Mm -hmm. this is a thing that's come up with some of my clients and I often feel that this really affects their sense of morale and enjoyment of the work they do it's horrible because it happened to me actually before Mm -hmm. I'm not a smoker and I worked in a team that goes for a cigarette break without me (laughs) <laughs> not that they exclude me but why would I be there <laughs> to inhale um, and I'm seeing this happening among women with care responsibilities unfortunately because they have to go straight home or they choose then a flexi work or remote work and thus are excluded from the social component of the workplace and while you cannot change the culture you can change some you can change yourself. You can change your routine a little bit. One mm-hmm. tip is to carve out 15 to 20 minutes of your work hours to have a water cooler chat with a colleague. Ask them about their lives until you find a commonality. There must be something in common. You probably equally love chess or something, you know, but you will never... Um, you will never know what the common ground is until you ask about them. People love being asked about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, and, and and it can be, it doesn't have to be so uh, personal. You yeah. know, like, uh, where did you grow up and things like that. And you'll never know, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know your mother grew up in the same street as my mother. You know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly yeah. you find that, um, uh, an overlap of field of experience that's one yeah. and yeah. two offer yourself up to help a colleague nobody would refuse help and giving value first to others will only be- bring you back good karma good rapport good everything so again while you cannot join them for golf you know i can imagine this is like a boys club or while you cannot cannot join for an after work drinks or whatever offer yourself up at a professional level yeah um and then they'll appreciate you the second 
the, that's the second tip. The last tip is while still being authentic, you can actually start your own club that works for you and invite people in. It can be a remote book club. It can be um, a sustainability group. Maybe some of you share the same passion for climate change and things like that. Or even as frivolous as a binge uh, watch party. You know, like, oh, let's... um, There was Oscar um, Academy Awards just happened recently. And, oh, let's, let's watch... The Academy Awards together remotely, but we turn on our Zoom so we can like uh, see our reaction at the same time. You know, you can start your own club. Yeah, there's there's no there's no rule saying that if you're being excluded for for everything from everything else, well, start your own club. That's how nerds used to start. You know, if yeah, you, if you remember back in school, there's a math club or <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, go yeah. for it. Exactly. And I think that that also, you know, helps you to develop those relationships at work. And it's interesting when you were mentioning the smoking thing, because it reminded me of Friends mm-hmm. and when Rachel was working in one of her jobs in one of the episodes yes. and everyone smoked. Do you remember that episode? Exactly. That exactly, exactly my lived experience, because yeah. then she was she was cut out from mm-hmm. the the conversation the and, and the boss will because there's this thing. Uh, Soma, that that we call proximity bias. Yeah, because if you're not visible for any reason, is it is it because you don't socialize with your boss, etc., etc., or or you work remotely? Uh, because you're not visible in that sense, therefore you're not top of mind. And because you don't, you're not top of mind. Who guess who's gonna lead that project or being sent? for a conference etc etc so that's exactly what happened to rachel she was not sent to paris or something um or 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 her idea or or they were talking about the um summer spring summer collection for graf roran i think that was the the context so that is exactly that so Mm. um to tackle the proximity bias you have to create then um yes it's a homework (laughs) Uh, yeah then you have to create a stage, I guess, or a platform for yourself. Yeah. And if if you don't have the energy, oh, Rebecca, I have three kids. And I, da, da, da. Mm. Okay, here's the very least that you can do. Every opportunity where there's a team meeting or um, a town hall, depending on how big your organization is, raise your hand, ask questions, because, okay, I'm not going to even pressure you with give ideas, but ask questions. Yeah. At the very least, there is you're breaking <laughs> that pro- uh, proximity bias by letting yourself known if your boss... So, yeah, hi, I'm Rebecca from Marketing Division. I'd like to ask what you were saying about uh, opening up a branch in California or whatever. But the fact that you ask, it means that you are so in tune that you pay attention to what the boss is saying. Because you know what's worse? From a boss's perspective, if you just made a speech in front of the entire company and at the end, they always say, anyone have any questions? And then crickets. So the yeah. fact that you ask question, mention your name and your department, hmm. 
your boss, your boss's boss even, will will notice. Oh, there is a Rachel Green in <laughs> yeah. whatever department. Yeah, no, no, that's that's really interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. Um, the last question that I want to kind of ask you is about interview tips. What are your best interview tips for someone who is going for a leadership role, like a chief of staff role, yeah. especially if someone is letting imposter syndrome get in the way? Okay, if you're letting imposter syndrome get in the way, don't aim to be a leader. Go home. Okay, I'm being mean now because... How are you going to be in a leadership role if you are still letting that self-doubt? Don't. Because, and especially for you who identify as women, minority, underrepresented, mm. you have a second burden, unfortunately, now to represent yep. your group. Okay? So if you let that imposter syndrome, you're letting us down. So crush that. And mm. I have, again put this on the note in our Soma and Rebecca summit <laughs> imposter syndrome we have we will have a whole section yeah. specifically on how to crush it but to on an interview either it's an internal interview you're going for a promotion to be in mm-hmm. the C-suite yeah. or or in a, into a new company two yeah. things that you need to prove is one that you will answer the business question. So the C-level people are there to drive the whole company, the whole business, not to ace at a certain assignment. So don't talk about um, anything that is granular. So research the business question of that company. And of course, again, depending on how big the company is, it's probably hidden from, from the website. During that interview, ask, okay, what is the immediate business question that a person in this uh, C-level position is expected Mm, to answer? And then they will answer, okay, this is our business question at the moment. We are lacking a funding, for example, or we are now trying to attract investors. So, and then your answer will be, okay, great. So my expertise and experience will answer that business question by one two three you listed how you will answer that okay and then two prove that you are a great leader i very often say during my c-level interview how that most of my teammates the people that work for me are still friends with me in that I am the opposite of a toxic leader that even my interns are still buddies with me. So, and that is so rare that people even think about, because, you know, you can get a great recommendation from your boss, your former mm-hmm. clients, whatever. Yeah. If you get an endorsement from people that you were legally bossing around and if they're still happy with you that you were bossing them around (laughs) that is a testament of true leadership that it means that 
A, they did get get a, a value or a mentorship in, 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 in whatever uh, level because you probably are not mentoring them in, in a formal level, but they got a, a value more than their salary yeah. by working with you. And that, um, and finding a good leader in that way, an empathetic leader is a needle in a haystack and you should put that in the interview somehow hmm. that you are a you are loved by your people that is rare wow wow i, lo- <laughs> I love that that's really really cool thank you so much thank you so much for your time today rebecca it's been really insightful and oh, just feel really really kind of quite inspired where can people connect with you where can they find you go to my linkedin and you will find everything that i'm doing there like from my website or my courses whatever so connect with me on linkedin hmm. i'm not precious you can connect even though i i don't know you personally i will accept connection from you It's linkedin.com slash in slash leopard. Okay. Okay. My surname. Awesome. And what about your website? What's your website, Rebecca? It's upgradingwomen.com. Okay. Awesome. 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 I will put all of those in the show notes. um, Because if you you connect with me on LinkedIn, you will find out that I have a podcast as well. That Toma will be there um, very, very soon. And you you will find where I do like free training and stuff like that. That is that is even more updated because it's updated daily more than the website. Hmm. So yeah. yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn and I share so many um, tips on leadership, on speaking. It doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be a TED speaker, but you have to speak right, <laughs> in one way or the other. So, yeah yeah exactly yeah. so connect with me on linkedin and if you uh send me a dm i promise i will answer and if you want to email me you can do that as well it's rebecca at upgradingwomen.com i am all for it you mm. can ask me for an idea you can ask me to review your project or if you have a product that I want to um, give you feedback about go for it I'm here for you awesome awesome thank you so much Rebecca you've been amazing and um, I hope to speak to you soon thank you yes thanks thank you so much for listening to the career happiness podcast if you enjoyed this episode please share it on social media or with somebody you know it will make a significant difference to. And remember, if you haven't already, please take some time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much.